Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, tweets, or I, as I call them, distort the news tweets, finally, the veils of leftist propaganda are coming off and Cuomo is being exposed for the thug he is. Here's one more account of what it's like to deal with this brutish man. <laughs> and then he goes to the uh, Lindsay Boylan story. Now, here's the deal to remember as the Andrew Cuomo story unfolds as the least expected winter miniseries. Um, Dinesh, it's Democrats going after Cuomo. Lindsay Boylan, Letitia James, Ron Kim, Emilia Decoden, Patrick Nelson, etc. It's Democrats going after him. Y'all, Republicans, just spent five years covering for a thug who brags about sexual assault and told everyone you love to go to church on Easter when he knew it was deadly. Dems eject them. Republicans reelect them. Y'all can sit the Cuomo party out. We got this. Welcome back to SanityCast. Welcome back to Sanity Cast, the helpful little podcast about how to stay sane in a society where the Christians seem to have gone in full bore for Caligula. I'm John Fuglesang. It's great to be with you. We haven't uh, done one of these in a while. It's been a bit crazy over here, so thank you very much. Uh, this is a very special one, and I'll get to that in a second. But first, I, I want to pitch you a story. An ex-president who divided his people, and he achieved the presidency by shattering norms and upsetting liberal people. He was totally corrupt. He kept repeating ridiculous far-right tropes that made him look like an idiot to smart people, but made dumb right-wing people love him. He loved owning the libs. This ex-president demonized immigrants. This ex-president demonized minorities, and his right-wing fans loved him for it. This ex-president was pretty hated. His glamorous wife was more popular than him. This ex-president was called a narcissist by Barack Obama. Barack Obama said this man, uh, his chest thrust out like a bantam cox, never straying from his primary, barely disguised interest, which was to be at the center of the action and take credit for whatever that might be worth taking credit for. 
this ex-president was getting away with everything. But then one day, the voters had had enough, and he was thrown out after one term, and his efforts to politicize the judicial system couldn't save him. So this ex-president, after one term, planned a comeback, and his right-wing followers promised they would stay loyal. But this ex-president no longer had immunity. So charges were filed against him. He called it a witch hunt, a grotesque witch hunt. But sometimes, sometimes, first world countries can, do, and should punish their ex-presidents for crimes and wrongdoing, even after they've left office. And that's what happened this week. This ex-president was found guilty of corruption and influence peddling. This ex-president was Nicolas Sarkozy, and a French court just handed him a three-year sentence, now two years of which were suspended, and he'll probably avoid any real jail time after all the appeals. But the damage to his reputation has been done, and his society has told history. They stood up to him. And Sarkozy is only the second head of state in modern France to be convicted of corruption. That means France is ahead of us by two. So I'm just saying, it's the right thing to do. And other Western societies show us you can hold your corrupt ex-leaders accountable if you care about your place in history and if you have the will. So welcome back. I hope you guys are doing great. It's been pretty crazy over here with SiriusXM and life in New York City during the pandemic, but there'll be plenty of that to come up. Um, I just want to take a minute. I'm going to, of course, in the course of this podcast, going forward, we will talk about the things the Biden administration does that come up short from the promises that were made. But I'm here to praise them on all the things that they do right. And by the way, just showing up and not being Trump, you, you get points, right? I mean, Barack Obama arguably won the Nobel Peace Prize because he wasn't George Bush. He had to earn it, and he did with an Iran nuke deal years later. But, uh, you know, Biden is going to be coasting. The honeymoon's over now, but we'll be happy for a lot of things. And one of the things is having officials use more inclusive terms for immigrants. Okay, I don't like the word illegals, as you know. Uh, What I prefer to use when my uh, right-wing loved ones say words like illegals, I call them Christian refugees at our border because that's what they are. And I don't believe in using Christianity as a cloaking device for douchebaggery. But like now Biden is having, you know, immigration replace the word alien with non-citizen. It's just more civilized. It's more welcoming. It's the opposite of a guy who called them illegals and described border crossings as invasions and infestations. Uh, They'll now say undocumented non-citizen instead of illegal alien. They'll say integration or civic integration instead of assimilation. Now, again, it's not a big deal in the big picture, right? I mean, an agency can put out a memo saying, please use these words instead of these words. But, you know, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services email specifies that non-citizen is to be used instead of alien, except when citing a statute or something related to the word alien on forms. But the legal term for someone not born in the U.S. or certain territories, alien, still needs to be used, but only when it's essential. So immigration advocates are going to be very happy about this. And racists will not, because please don't forget the magic number that's guiding so much of what we see on the right is 2045, the year white people are projected to become a minority in this country. So um, having gotten that aside now, uh, we're doing a very special series coming up on the show. I I have not been able to join you lately. It's been a bit crazy, but um, here's a little secret. Towards the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021, I sat down for a series of interviews that we are calling The Great Unclenching. Because that's what I think we're going through right now. 
do, do you feel kind of weird physically sometimes? Like it's strange to wake up and not run to Twitter with a sense of nameless dread. When you see that your president has put out a tweet, is the first thing you want to do look for the spelling error? Do you feel like you're you're you have all this anger because the president said something racist today, but he's not president anymore? I understand it. For a lot of us, a certain part of our body stiffened up and went rigid on election day 2016. For some, it's the back of our necks or our shoulders. For some, it's your gut. For some, it's the sphincter. Maybe it's your fists. Maybe it's your jaw. Right now, we're going through a very difficult time called the Great Unclenching, where all of us have to spot the parts of our body that are holding on to pain and anger, righteous though it may be, and say, guess what, Donald Trump? You don't get to have this amount of power over my muscle mass anymore, motherfucker. It's really simple. Try it yourself. Even if you're not into meditation or massage, just find where you're holding your tension, take a deep breath, and say, I cast thee out, vile motherfucker. And you'll just feel Don Jr.'s voice leaving your muscle memory. It's a beautiful thing. So in the spirit of the great unclenching, I sat down with a few people that I love, some of whom have done this podcast before, but they're all people that I admire for different reasons. They're all creative people that uh, you know of. And I, I asked them about you know the change, how it feels now, that it feels like a, a century is ending and a new one's beginning, that we're leaving this era and beginning a new era. And of course, time doesn't exist. Clocks exist. It's still the same world. We're still fighting for the same causes. But something feels different, doesn't it? The sense of panic and dread isn't there anymore. The sense that this country that we love would actually make this unholy, racist, landlord, reality show clown president. To me, it was like if your mother threw your dad out and just started fucking job of the hut, right? Like I, I've said this before, but that's what I felt like. Like America's your mom. And one day your mom casts your dad out and he's a good guy, but kicks him out and starts fucking job of the hut. And I mean, loud sex, like, like Java comes in, he leaves his oozy slime trail from his slug body on the living room rug. And you're like, Ugh! and your mom is just having loud, dirty, nasty, like the sounds you do. Like you don't even know what these sounds are coming from making this sex sounds. And, and your mom wants you to call him dad. And you're like, I'm never going to call him dad. And you're, but your mom thinks she's in love and you want to scream, mom, you think this is love, but you have been brainwashed by a giant orange criminal slug. That's what the Trump presidency was like. Now we are releasing it, and it's a beautiful time. So I give you part one of The Great Unclenching with our special guest, Jane Lynch. Hey, Chris, did you know that a large percentage of the face masks sold on the market today are actually fraudulent? Oh, my God. Fraudulent. Ah. I don't know what that means, but I'm assuming they're not protecting us. So many of them claim to have levels of filtration that they don't meet, or worse, have virtually no filtration at all. No filtration, which means... You're not being protected for this virus the way you should be. A very small number of manufacturers have respirator face models that are tested by the U.S., by the MPPTL, and authorized by the FDA. So buying a mask model that has been FDA authorized is the best way to ensure that you and your family are getting a true respirator mask. These masks filter to greater than 95% efficiency and can be worn, making them a perfect choice as wearing masks is one of the key things we can do to keep ourselves and our neighbors safe. And right now, that's all you got to do. Just be a good neighbor. Right now, the NewDealShop.com has FDA authorized KN95 respirator masks with anti-fake stickers on every single package. I'm assuming that means we know that these are not fake masks. Like people are trying to knock off the KN95, not these. These are not fake. There's a sticker on the package that says so. So these respirator masks are in stock. I know you've uh, been trying to get these things all over the place, but you can get them here. They're in stock in the U.S. and ship immediately for free for my listeners and by adding the code SEXYLIBERAL. 
So right now you can get even 10% off the clean phone UV sanitizer just for buying these FDA authorized masks. So you can get that discount on the sanitizer that we've been talking about on all the sexy liberal podcasts. And you can have that when you get these masks. So go to the newdealshop.com now and get verified. Authenticated FDA authorized KN95 mask shipped immediately to your home or business. That's the newdealshop.com. And as I said, that's the newdealshop.com. He, he did a radio interview afterwards, but it was the last time he played in public too. So it was, yeah, uh, right. and he just came in to give a soundbite. And um, I was, I was the, I wasn't even a, a real interviewer. I was the resident comic on, on the staff, but I was the Beatle freak. And so they had, and I realized he didn't want to talk about anything but religion. So once I asked about that, he stayed for four hours. And oh, uh, oh. and also, I hope you're recording now, Jen, are you? Oh, yes. Good, because it's good yes. stuff. Um, <laughs> this is going to be gold. Because um, I want to say some things about our friend, John. Uh, that That interview will go down in history. And I think the reason he sat and talked with you was your um, your genuine curiosity, which is something that not every interviewer has. You know, I think that's the difference between you and I think Bob Costas is another one who's a wonderful interviewer. Um, an uh, actual interest and respect and feeling yourself on the same level as them so they can relax and not feel like superstars, you know, and with someone who's fanning out or someone who doesn't know anything about them. So anyway, I was very impressed with that. I think I had worked with at that point when I saw it. I think we had done our, our uh, pilot many years back. No, that's actually, I think, before I worked with you, believe it or not, because that was before yeah, I moved to L.A. I saw it after. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah we, were, we were both very young. Oh, wow. Well, it, thank you. Yeah, it was crazy because I, it, it really sort of taught me um, – how to interview, which is uh, most people are bored with what they are dispatched to promote. And I've learned this on my press tours for various things I've done. And I've had the experience of being interviewed by someone who was just reading questions off a card and realizing how shitty that felt, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also realizing that people are so tired of the same questions. So if you can ask them about the things they actually care about, uh, it'll get more interesting. And with George, I, I knew it was God, you know, and, uh, and that, that led to it. So thank you. I, I get bored very easily. And uh, yeah. I don't like people to get bored either. So Yeah, good. Well, that's what makes a great interviewer and why you're so good at what you do. Oh, well, shucks. Now now I'm going to get all bashful before we start <laughs> the thing. Thank you. Um, happy New Year, Jane. Same to you. Same to you. God, let's throw this one out in the trash for right now, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Jane, when you look back on a year with so many highs as 2020, what's the first thing that comes to... Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's for my audition for Access Hollywood. Wrong, wrong, wrong set of questions. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of odd to be asked, what are your thoughts saying goodbye to a year like this when it, it's a year that you know, my friend said to me, it's not funny anymore. And I said, well, yeah, that's why it's so important to make fun of it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, as you're like spiraling down into the abyss, you have got to find something funny. You have to find the irony because we are just goofs in meat suits. And if we can't make fun of that, then we're in big trouble. And I think that's one of the the, the biggest problems with like the personality of our president. He, he has no sense of irony. You know, he's missing a very huge chip. So oh, yeah. there are there are times when I really feel sorry for him and not because I am an altruist or an exceptional human being. I am on some levels, but not all levels. Um, but I feel badly for him. Like I'll be laughing about something, something ridiculous and goofy. And then I will think to myself, Trump would never get this. It comes oh, to mind a lot. He doesn't know the, the joy of irony and, and um, laughing at yourself and, oh, 
he doesn't know how apostrophes work. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that's true too. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, I think it's the saddest thing to be brought into this world and not be in on the freaking joke. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have moments where I, I, I seek empathy. I mean, have you, you've yeah. met him, right? Have you met him before? No, no I've never met him, no. I, 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 I hosted an event with him. It came to me, so, but uh, yeah, I seeking yeah. empathy never works. Yeah, I, I try to have it, but, um, and I can. I mean, if, if, if he needed bone marrow and I was the only donor match, I'd hop on a plane right away, you know, I, I No, I wouldn't do that. I feel like I had to. I feel like I'd have to do something loving to someone who so clearly had never had altruistic love done to him before. Like, I would do it. Well, for, yeah, but for it's nothing. too late. It's, a, it's in the personality now. I see him as a cancer that yeah. we, we got to pluck out, a, a, you know, in a very non-personal way. Uh, it, when you go after a cancer with chemotherapy, you don't go, oh, I'm sorry. You just go pluck. It's true. It's yeah. true. Well, I'm, I'm, also a, I'm also a charming sociopath, so I have to say things like that oh, and make me yeah. seem more sympathetic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, it's not working on me, but go ahead. America <laughs> probably buys it. Well, I, I, I'm so grateful to talk to you about this year because in the absence of having leadership, it seems like so many other leaders came to be, whether it was governors, whether it was uh, medical professionals, or whether it was just all of us, Jeff ordinary people finding new levels of how to lead and navigate through something our grandparents and parents couldn't imagine. Yeah, yeah, and, and it showed too, uh, when the government falls down, we're just left with ourselves. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Chef Andre. I mean, look what he's doing. Yeah. He's feeding people all over the world. Um, and uh, we're all in our own way, um, even just being on Twitter and posting funny, ironic things about the hell that we're in um, is a service. Did you have any particularly awkward moments with transitioning to the new normal in 2020? I mean, I assume that you look great with a mask, but um, <laughs> was it? I, I love the mask. Actually. Kind, yeah, me too. I mean, please, it's great. I can get less vitamin My D. Eyes are beautiful, and I've got all these lines here. Oh, see, and for me, I'm always looking for ways to be more pale. So it works. I mean, you know, but like, yeah. like, has it been, has it been strange for you? Or are you someone who adapts well to? Adapt. I'm pretty adaptive and I'm kind of a, a loner to begin with. You know, I like my home. I like being alone. And so uh, it wasn't a big deal for me. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, Jay Lynch, thank you so much. It's so great to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you are someone who, uh, you're always working, right? I mean, you, you like to keep busy, even in a year like this. Hmm? It looks like I'm always working, um, but I'm not. In fact, um, I feel a bit in the last three years, I've had a low-grade kind of depression, and I've had too much time on my hands, and um, I feel a little drifty. And yeah. then when the pandemic came, it was almost like I had, uh, 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 because I was forced to be home, I was like, oh, and I kind of relaxed into it, and my mood actually lifted a little bit. Um, and uh, just as long as you don't get sick, you know, getting yeah. getting sick is the absolute worst outcome in this in this whole thing. Um, and I haven't gotten sick, and I'm knocking on wood, and I, I hope none of us get sick. I hope that we're, we're going to um, hang in there until we all get vaccinated. But uh, I've had kind of a, a low grade depression, and I feel like I have too much time on my hands, even right. though it looks like I'm working like mad. <laughs> I mean, I, so many people reported this, you know, what you call depression, uh, I call home base. But, um, <laughs> you know, oh, happiness, this too shall pass. 
And I'm someone who went off all the happy pills years ago, and I, I'm someone who lives with the highs and the lows. Yeah. So in many ways, a lot of folks that I've talked to have had a, a similar experience. If you're always sort of in a place of, of stress, if you're already in a place of strife, of struggle, mm-hmm. suddenly when the world gets thrown into that, yeah. discomfort can be our comfort zone. And, yeah. and we're often the most prepared for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know this game. And there's something about it where, because when a person's in depression, um, you, there's a sense of, you know, this is my fault. I should be able to snap out of this. Oh, yes. And um, boy, uh, that's, I, I have so much compassion for depression right now. And but there's something about when the world uh, shuts down too and goes into a depression that it takes that, uh, it relieves that guilt. It's like, yes. everybody, it's the world, it's, it's, I didn't, there's nothing I can do to change it. And yet so often, you know, what, what can help, not so much with depression, but just negativity is just the stimulation, having to go meet a routine, be point A, point B, or be around people, even if it's unpleasant. Yeah. That, I think that's why for the first couple of months, we were all just passed out. We were all somnambulous and just narcolepsy across the country. Everybody was passing out during Tiger King. Yeah, nobody got dressed. <laughs> Everybody stayed in their pajamas and, and uh, work out. Well, I'm still in my pajamas. Yeah, I forget how a belt works. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so true, tying shoes, that whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> I had a weird time because I had mono last year. I was in LA. Oh yeah, I was in LA uh, workshopping a, a, a piece and I'm like, I'm on stage for 90 minutes and I'm like, why do I have a fever the entire time? And I flew back and I got diagnosed with mono on International Kissing Day, which was hilarious. Okay. And uh, I have no idea how I, I got it, but so I was already under orders to social distance and not be around anybody. And I was just getting out of it in the new year when this whole thing began. So I, I sort of felt like, okay, between my low-grade depression and the fact that I, you know, am a leper, uh, I'm, I'm all set for this. Um, yeah, exactly. You were prepared. The only one of us prepared for this. Yeah. So who's, who's... Mono wasn't a COVID, though. It wasn't. No. Oh, no, no. I w- so I was having low-grade fevers every day, you know, to begin with. And so I... I I already learned last year, oh, that's a sign that the body needs to rest a bit. That's, that's all that is, you know, go read a book again. But like, um, it, it's, I don't know, it's, it, for me, it was so strange because I think we've all been more keyed into, I mean, our digital lives have expanded, right? As our analog lives have contracted, we're all, I think people are much more politically engaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, I think that there's, I don't know, I'm, what I'm most impressed by and I wanted to ask you about was, I'm most impressed by how much I was inspired by so many people, uh, be they governors, be they ordinary citizens who are just putting themselves at risk or even inconvenience for mm-hmm. other people. And I'm curious, who, who inspired you? Who, who, who turned your heart on during this year? Well, Chef Andre, I, 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 this guy makes me cry. Yeah. He, uh, he's doing the most primal, elemental, loving thing. He's feeding people. People are hungry. Can you believe it? In 2020, in the United States of America, people are hungry. Children are hungry. It breaks my heart. Oh, it just breaks my heart. So somebody like him, oof, yeah. he, he's the man. He's the man. Yeah. I don't know that I have it in me to do that kind of a thing. You know, I'm just kind of a lump sitting at home going through my Twitter feed, but and I see what he does. And so the best I can do is, you know, hit the PayPal button um, and retweet and go, this guy should have the Nobel Prize. And 
I love that. But you're someone who you do so much advocacy work. You're always there for every benefit. You're someone who always, I mean, gives of your, of, of the capital of your fame to be there for other people. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to do. I mean, and I love doing it. It's not a hardship. I don't mean to, you know, I could choose not to do it at all and not, you know, put on the Spanx and show up. I don't just wear Spanx. I'll wear like a suit over them. But, um, and now to do that sort of thing, I do it from, <laughs> I do it from my, wherever I am. And, and yes. I love your set, by the way. Like I, I now, we now judge each other by, by our background rooms. And uh, I love that. I think it's so much fun. I, I like, I get upset when people don't, have a microphone. I hear somebody on Zoom and, or somebody on MSNBC is send them a microphone. Oh, I know. Ah, send Mara Wiley a microphone. She's <laughs> running for mayor. Oh, get her, go on Amazon, Maya Wiley. I'll send you a link. I, I now judge everyone by their. I now judge everybody by their putty-colored walls in the background, and and I find myself really trying to read what books people have on their shelves on the news. Oh, did you hear what they put? What they do is bookstores. People have been ordering books from bookstores to be placed in their bookshelves that they haven't even read. It's like, well, what do you? I want to show that I'm progressively political and I'm a history buff, and they'll put all those books behind. Oh. This I read this in the New York Times. <laughs> all those years I wasted actually reading things. No books. Yeah. You didn't have to. Yeah. Ooh, not, network does like Chomsky. Take that one down. Howard's in. Okay. <laughs> okay yeah. Careful with that. Yeah. Cancel culture. Oh Lord. Let's not get into it. But no. Well, I mean, I, I do. Th well, I'm glad that you know booksellers are doing so well now that so many fact checkers are losing their jobs uh, yeah. in January. Oh, my Lord. Uh, now, what do you mean by that? Fact checkers are losing. I, I think Donald Trump has been an industry. I think there's fact checkers oh, out there who've been able to buy boats and second yes. boats for their family I during this time. totally agree. And God bless him, you know. Who's that guy on CNN? Dale, what's his name? Oh, yeah, he's great. Freaking breathless. He's amazing. Yeah. Are, are you optimistic for 2021, Jane? Yes. Are, you, are you hopeful that, that we'll get back to something that's better or at least boring? Uh, yes, boring and better, B and B. Uh, I think it's going to be both. Um, uh, I think we're uh, there's just a, such a relief in the fact that this man is gone. He's he's out of the he'll be out of the White House. We still have 28 days, and you know he's kicking in the the drywall. <laughs> um, so I'm a little concerned about the next 28 days. But after those 28 days, uh, Tom Nichols wrote a terrific. Um, op-ed piece in USA Today, I think he was basically, he's kind of a curmudgeon and yes. kind of um, uh, a negative Nelly. And he was like, hang in there. Things are getting better. It's one of the most inspiring pieces. And it's so not Tom Nichols. Because uh, he's kind of the guy who's like, oh, everything's terrible. But he was, he's really, it's a really beautiful piece. That, that's, I think, what's kept me going is the fact that, you know, knowing that it can get better. I, I got hit by a van. I, I've been shooting videos all, all the whole break, and I've been, you know, we for pay-per-view shows, and I've been, like, back in film school, writing and shooting and cutting, and, and I was shooting on the Lower East Side. I got hit by a van, and I, I woke up in an ambulance. Um, I was on my bike, and, and my DP, she was great. She locked up the bikes and called 911, and I was arguing with these EMTs, don't take me to the emergency room. The emergency room is where I don't want to go. This was in July. Yeah, when we yeah, got yeah. there, I saw the emergency room at Bellevue was almost empty. And I was like, oh my God, that's what a flattened curve looks like. A lot of empty beds in an ER. And I became so proud of New Yorkers and of all the communities that actually do these things to flatten a curve that I mean, for months I was terrified to go near a hospital and then I was in one and it was it was already safe because 
we had stayed home. We'd washed our hands. We'd worn masks. And I know that people can do this with or without leadership. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And of course, you know, it's tough now because we're in the winter and it's coming back. But yeah. really, what New York did was truly amazing, just truly amazing. And they'll do it again. And we just have to weather this, uh, this, this spike in the next couple of months. You know, it's, it's always awkward because uh, you provide so much joy to so many people all the time. And you do it all the time as well. I mean, even casual asides from you that are so clever. And, and you're someone that so many people look to knowing that I will smile, I will laugh with this artist and the work they do and the work on Miss Maisel. Uh, you know, and I mean, I'm curious, um, who's made you laugh this year? Who's made you smile? Who's done it for you? You always not only do you make me smile you touch me in the heart you're you're a good man wow well thank you i'll bet we can cut we can stop the list right there and see (laughs) 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 who else who else Patton oswalt oh what a great guy richard marks richard marks oh my god he is cutting and smile i've known him for years we're both He's fantastic. And, oh, I, I, grew, I grew this mullet to tribute him in the late 80s. That's, that's my whole look now, in honor of him. Oh, Rex Chapman. Mm-hmm. You know, I love what he's doing. He's doing all these great feel-good uh, videos, and I retweet him like crazy. Um, yeah, so, and a lot of the guys that were, you know, people on the left, I mean, yeah. on the right, who I never thought I'd have anything in common with, and they're Good guys, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm mentioning all men. I'm sure there are women there, but these, uh, like uh, Tom Nichols and, and Jonah Goldberg, and That's right. um, yeah, and I, I listen to the Bulwark podcast every day. I listen to the Lincoln Project podcast. Rick Wilson. I, I didn't say him first because I thought, well, of course, Rick Wilson. Let me see if I can't get a little more obscure. But uh, Rick Wilson, I, I adore him. I, I think he's so smart. And you know, I think one of the things that has frustrated me and disappointed me and angers me is the inactivity and the lack of gumption of the Democratic Party. They handed the keys to our democracy to these horrible people. They just handed it to them. Jerry Nadler did not enforce one subpoena. That's right. He let Corey Lewandowski just walk all over him. That's right. Oh, man, it, it just makes me crazy. And I'm grateful for people like Eric Swalwell, who is, you know, he's got gumption. He's got fight. Yeah. And you know, I was one of the things I tweeted a couple of weeks ago was the pow- the uh, leadership of the Democratic Party is not going to cede their power within that party. Nancy Pelosi, God bless her, she's not going to cede it. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, that Senate guy, um, Schumer. Oh yeah. I want the door to hit him so hard in the butt on the way out, and I want someone to take power from these people. Yeah. You are young and paid. You don't even have to be young. You can be, Schumer's only 70. Some people with, with passion and power and will fight as hard for this democracy as the people who want to steal it from us. I pray for Democrats who will fight as hard for freedom as comedians, I like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's why I'm so grateful for the Lincoln Project and yeah. for the ball work and, and um, Don Winslow, what he's been doing those. And oh, I don't, yeah. A lot of it, all of it, is, is preaching to the choir. It really is. It's not, it's not changing anybody's mind, but I don't even think that's the point anymore. I think the point is to, to uh, energize the troops, if you will. I hate war metaphors, but they're apt. Oh, to no. Energize, yeah, get out and vote because 
it's some of the, and Chip Franklin, another guy who just cracks me up, who's so smart. I don't know if you know who he is. Yes. He's a DJ from uh, um, San Francisco, and he used to do those really fast videos. He doesn't do them so much anymore. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, this fuck waffle, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You're in a lot of trouble, Donnie. <laughs> Uh, Jane, I will. Uh, I, I don't mind war metaphors. Um, thank you for your service. Uh, and uh, listen, it's so great to end a year like this, getting to see your face. And um, thank you so much for just being such a, a light for so many people and for using your art sure. and success for good. And uh, happy okay. new year. thank you. Happy New Year to you. Thank you so much. Take care. Was that okay? Yeah, it was great. Thank oh, you. you make it so easy. Thank you. Jennifer, are we all good? We are good. That was so brilliant. James, oh, Jen, thank you. Thank you. So kind and, and, and so generous of your time. Oh. Uh, are you doing anything for New Year's this year? Nope, just here. We just, this is our new house. We just moved into a house in Montecito, which oh, is nice. Santa Barbara. Brilliant, brilliant. So we're brilliant. kind of ecstatic with our new, uh, our new digs, our new little town. And it's Mayberry for rich people. It's Oh, God bless. <laughs> Finally, the flyover country is heard from. Yes, exactly. Okay, so if something is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, consider our sponsor, BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. BetterHelp seeks to provide professional help with ease. It's not a crisis line. This is professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. Start communicating in under 48 hours, connecting in a safe, private online environment. Send a message to your counselor and receive a timely response. Schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever works for you. Anything you share is confidential and if you want to try a new therapist it's simple and free to switch BetterHelp says they're more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available start living a happier life today you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal join over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health go to betterhelp that's h-e-l-p dot com slash sexy liberal and receive 10% off your first month betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal thank you once again to the great jane lynch who uh i met years ago when we were cast on a sitcom together and then jane got fired and uh i felt bad for her but not for long uh if you'd like to see more of jane turn on any tv anywhere america you'll see her within a few minutes okay it's really great to be back podcasting with you guys and i thank you we've got some great guests lined up in the uh, weeks to come but before i go just want to remind you uh you can hear me every night monday through friday on sirius xm progress channel 127 man have we been having fun our recent guests have ranged from julie andrews to uh rapper talib kwali so it's a really good show Join us any evening, and you can get the free uh, 30-day trial on SiriusXM. So please listen live and call and hear our regular comedians and journalists and politicians and all the folks we have that bring you our show every night. Also, uh, follow me at johnfugelsang.com. We're going to be having some new merch in the merch store soon. And the big Stephanie Miller Sexy Liberal Comedy Tour 10-year anniversary show. It is coming. We launched this thing back in April of uh, ooh, 2011. So we are coming up on our big 10-year show. It's going to have to be a pay-per-view, of course, but I hope you'll join us. We haven't done one of these since January. And uh, the virtual tour dates have been so much fun. And I just lined up a very special guest for this one that you'll be hearing a lot about in the weeks to come. So uh, before I go, I just want to um, I just want to give a tribute because very often um, we don't really pay enough notice to people who break records 
And uh, I'm talking about first ladies. Usually first ladies are, are almost uniformly admired. I mean, all of them. Right. Like, who's a first lady that people really hate? I mean, I mean, look at Laura Bush. I love Laura Bush. Only in America would a librarian marry an illiterate. Uh, it, it's really hard to be unpopular. But one first lady has managed to pull it off. And now she uh, she officially shares the stank of the Trump brand. Melania Trump left the White House on the 20th of January with the worst popularity rating for any first lady at the end of her term of service in the history of polls. Yes, congratulations. You built this. Uh, despite the fact that she did pretty much nothing for anybody while First Lady, ah, shucks, maybe because of the fact that she did pretty much nothing for anybody while First Lady, her favorability rating never got higher than 42%. 42%. Now, if you're a Trump fan, that might sound high. But uh, to put this in context, the average favorability rating of every other past first lady, everyone, Bess Truman, Rosalind Carter, every other first lady, Nancy Reagan, 70%. 70% favorability is the average. Melania's 42. And uh, her unfavorability rating, well, that's 47%. The historical average for unfavorability for first ladies is 21%. So I just want to say um, congratulations to Melania. We know that your disrepute was not inherited. You earned this all on your own. And that must be a good feeling for the first time in your life to earn anything all on your own. I want to thank you for listening to the return of the Sanity Cast. I want to thank uh, my lovely friend, Jane Lynch. I want to thank the great Chris Lavoy and everyone at the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Please subscribe to all of those. And thanks, as always, to the brilliant and heroic Jennifer Hagerty for making everything happen. And I do mean everything. Website, uh, you you name it. I, I, I can't do anything without her help. Uh, so thank you. And again... Uh, I hope to see you on SiriusXM. I hope to see you on the road really, really soon. Keep it tuned to SiriusXM Progress when you can for myself and for Stephanie Miller's show. And in the meantime, friends, if the Catholic Church really thinks over 50% of humans are unfit to serve as priests, they need to take it up with the manufacturer. Peace. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.